Hello, my name is Tyler Chisholm, and welcome to a special episode of Collisions YYC Current and Critical, a 20-minute high-intensity episode where I sit down with local leaders to discuss the themes of the day. On today's show, I sit down with Mr. Chris Dernbos. Chris is the president and CEO of E3 Metals Corp. E3 Metals is an organization set up in Alberta in 2016 dedicated to the evolution, the establishment, the path forward for the lithium industry in Alberta. Chris is incredibly passionate about the subject as a strong advocate for the potential for this to be a leading factor and a contributor to Alberta's economy going forward. He walks us through what it is, how to understand it, the role it can play, the opportunity to look at it from a fully integrated perspective, from extraction, which is something that we're very comfortable with as a province, uh, to retooling our existing workforce, to a very, very similar set of skills, to the ability to actually having gigafactories established in Alberta. Join me for a conversation with Chris Dernboss. So we were talking a bit earlier about current events. And, you know, looking at this uh, from that perspective, you know, this is a massive opportunity because this is really on the backbone of the oil and gas industry. Everything that we're doing here is in terms of moving this around the the production of this brine to surface, everything that we're looking at putting into a commercial operation, identical to the the oil and gas project. And the, the advantages to that are huge, right? even just something like a social license that we have in Alberta for going out and drilling a well or putting mm-hmm. a pipeline in, you know, ever, this is what we do. This is the province that we live in. This is industry here. Um, and so you make that, you put that relative to the rest of the world. Um, you know, it's, it's an absolutely huge opportunity to, you know, we're not, we're not repurposing anyone's skill set. We're just retooling the industry slightly, right? right. We're still going to use the same, everyone from the same reservoir engineer to the same welder, um, to build a project for us is the same people that are building projects today in Alberta for oil and gas. And basically what we're going to do is we're going to bring in a lithium production, you know, process on top of that. Um, because, you know, in Alberta today, if you're taking a fluid out of a reservoir, it's usually a mixture of water, oil, and gas. Mm-hmm. You bring it to a process facility, you separate those things out, and you put the water back into the ground. Mm-hmm. For our process, we're going to do the exact same thing. We're going to likely go away from oil and gas production areas, so mostly water then we're going to bring up to the process facility. We're going to strip the lithium out of that water and put the water back into the ground. And from there, we'll use conventional processing uh, processing equipment to make lithium products, lithium salts that go directly into battery. Um, and purity is obviously an incredible, uh, incredibly important piece of this because um, purity of product is what you get paid for really in the lithium industry. Right. Comes back. And down we, to, we have a huge it's, opportunity. It's, it's quality at the end of the day. It's it's absolutely quality. Yeah, and and we can do that here in Alberta with the lithium that we have in our reservoir. So you guys, you guys, 2016. You've been around for a handful of years. I'm just curious. Like, is the market open to this? Like, to me, it, it makes so much sense. I've had a lot of people on the show. We've talked a lot about economic transformation. We've talked about data. We've talked about AI. We've talked about robotics. This is the first guest I've had on the show. It's like, hey guys, here's an opportunity, guys and gals. Here's an opportunity that runs right parallel with what we're already good at. We're already super comfortable with. I love that you said social license. Like that's very important, especially. Resource extraction is a very delicate subject, depending around the world from a from a social licensing perspective. This is the first guest that the first time I've had someone on is like, "Hey, here's an alternative that, although different, and will will meet the objectives of diversification. It's not new. It's not scary. It's not unknown. Our investors know how to invest in it. Our workers know how to contribute to it. 
how's been the reception for you in bringing this to market? Has it been like eyes, like arms, wide open arms and people are running to embrace you guys or what's it been like? It, it's been actually really interesting. Um, and you sort of get both sides of it, to be honest with you. Um, initially, people look at this as a competitor to oil because we're talking about electric car. And so what oh, is yeah. electric car replacing internal combustion, which is gas power, which is hydrocarbon. The reality is that this is not what we're trying to do here in our province. And, you know, North America is going to be the later adopter to electric vehicles, but it's already happening in Europe and it's already happening in China. There's a market for lithium, regardless of what we, we want one there or not. Right. And if we look back 10 years from now, and if E3 is successful at doing what we're going to do, we're going to have a very healthy, very productive lithium industry in the province that's going to be competing on a GDP basis to the oil production in the province. And that's, that's a powerful statement right there. Just that, just boom, we could stop right there. That's almost a mic drop moment. (laughs) Well, and and exactly right. And without doing anything really all that different um, from what we're doing today, we're just making another commodity, which makes the the economy um, that much more diverse and that much more resilient because we're producing two commodities Yes, and there's no competition. And once we actually sit down with people uh, and explain what this actually is, the light bulbs go on. Because you don't have to spend very long talking to somebody in, in Alberta or in Calgary um, about how this is going to work before they clue in that it is identical to what they do every day. Yes. Yeah. To what the we fami- do. The, the familiarity shows up really quick. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So we're not we're not convincing anybody once we actually sit down and explain it to them. It's just that there's a bit of standoff standoffishness, if I can use that word, um, yeah, at the yeah, beginning no, think, because. Yeah. Yes. Just because of just because what it what the image appears to be because you see electric car most people promote lithium with an electric car right because yes. that's the market okay. for it which automatically feels anti you know oil and gas or anti you know uh, conventional resources interesting yeah. and at the end of the day we're just yeah. we're just producing another commodity in the province to to diversify the economy and and put Alberns back to work right it doesn't yeah. really matter that it's lithium or oil and gas. Well, and you start if you start thinking about a world of energy abundance versus energy scarcity of like well there's you know I've heard I've had guests on the show from the Alberta uh, Wind Association I've had uh, uh, I don't know do you know Ed Ma uh, from Suncor yeah I yeah, saw you very well. Yeah, I've had Ed on recently. He's a neighbor, friend of mine, and he he's a big uh, electric vehicle proponent, and he's talking about that. And and like this is the way the world is moving, and the concept of we need all the energies at the table to supply us, and we've got these ebbs and flows. And when you think about where the future is, we're we're gonna we're not gonna be using less energy going forward. So the more resources and and diversification you can have, the better. But that's just a different philosophy than scarcity and get out of my play, get away from my sandbox kind of mindset. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And this doesn't compete you know, from a, a local perspective, right? Um, it, it, right? it may on some larger global, you know, large ec- economy shifts, but those are out of Alberta's control, right? Those those are going to happen regardless of the fact that we capitalize yeah. on them here in the province or not. So why yeah, not? Back to, back to the, we're the price takers, not the price setters kind of mindset. Yeah, exactly. So thinking about oil and gas and thinking about how over the years we've we've become very good at extracting and and moving the product out of our out of our space with the lithium is that the same do you see us processing it here like i'm just trying to think about the longer like the farther i go down the chain like we've got it out of the ground now we've got this we've got a high quality resource what what comes next in your mind yeah i think there's an opportunity here because what what we're planning to do here at e3 is go to better quality lithium uh, products either hydroxy or carbonate um, or, or some intermediary of that. And the benefit there is that the 
this is a lithium really is a specialty chemical there's no market for it and so when you're selling it you're selling it directly to your supplier and you're getting paid based on its purity and so for e3 we have an opportunity to go all that way a, a large part of this um getting it to that purity level we can do with the technology that we've developed uh here in the province at the university of alberta uh, along with e3 so we get it down to that purity level um and the goal then is to build that out in the commercial process um and then we're selling directly to battery manufacturers so it's a, if you're looking at this from a gas perspective it's, it's mm -hmm. attuned to having the refinery here in the province as well Okay. But that, that also yeah, allows thanks, for, us, thanks for getting to kind of what sorry. I was asking. Are, are we going to get the benefits of actually yeah. being farther down the chain in terms of the, the way it's being processed and dealt with? To like, Are we getting closer to that end customer versus having to rely on the rest of the world to let us <laughs> let, let dictate how we do our business here, <laughs> I guess? Yeah. And there's, there's a bigger picture because once we have the lithium uh, at battery quality in the province, you know, attracting the, the next level of the, the the value chain could become possible, right? Because we can bring in potential battery manufacturing um, to Canada and hopefully to Alberta and, and grow, you know, as, as this industry grows, grow along with it. Um, and there's a lot of leverage that'll be had because we'll have that product here in the province. Where typically just so I've, again, this is such a new understanding for me and maybe for some of the listeners, where's the majority of battery manufacturing going on now? Is this, is this overseas? Is it Asian? Is it in the U S like where, where are we seeing it happen now? The top three players uh, for battery manufacturing uh, in terms of ownership are mm -hmm. China, Japan, and, and North or South Korea in that order. Okay. Um, so, and even like uh, SK Innovation, which is a, a South Korean company, they're building a battery manufacturing facility in, in Tennessee uh, for Volkswagen, but it's mm -hmm. still a, a South Korean battery um, process. So, okay. Um, yeah, generally those are where the batteries come. There are more and more coming. We were talking to a company a couple of weeks ago out of Ohio that's building a battery, a gigafactory uh, down there using slightly different technology. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, but it's a huge growing industry. Like in 2015, there was uh, 50 gigawatts of battery power being uh, planned. As okay. of 2020, there's 2.2 terawatts of battery power being planned in a, in a five-year window of time exactly like it is it is exploding and the opportunities there are are huge but it is being led by those three countries and there's a dominance right now on foreign supply and i think a large part of what's going on right now with the current covid crisis mm -hmm. we're seeing this this the impact of this extreme globalization that the world has gone towards yes and even before this, there was already movement by Canada and the US and they signed a joint critical mineral strategy that was trying to look at how we grow our own supply of these critical minerals, lithium being one of them, to, to, so that we have our own supplies. Because most of them are either coming out of China or being refined in China and coming back, right? Um, and now that we've this sort of this trend that we're starting to see, and I think it's very valid that you know, we're, we're a deglobalization trend and it's never going to happen completely but obviously right some of these things that are critical should be produced locally and so e3 offers that opportunity and i think there's lots of other there's a, a whole group of people throughout canada that are building those up there's a company in vancouver that makes battery cathode that is on their way to being commercial and you know th that that is the whole market the whole growth of that industry is, is emerging in canada as well
Well, certainly the last, you know, this last couple months now, we're almost, I think we're in week seven here in Alberta, uh, has certainly shown some of the vulnerabilities to our supply chains. And I think that, you know, not to be, I think there's a lot of good things that are going to come out of this. I know it's a very negative experience. I don't want to sound optimistic about this current crisis, but it forced us to, to, we had to take our blinders off a little bit because we were given no choice. And I think there's always opportunities when that, when that happens to get a, let's be honest, a good swift kick in the ass sometimes. And you go, Whoa, okay. <laughs> I need to, I need to look at things. So, yeah. Curious. And I'm not sure I'm going down the rabbit hole a little bit here. We talk about building a gigafactory. What kind of capital outlay? Like, is that a huge undertaking or is that something that can be done at a smaller scale? You know, you hear refinery and it feels like this big daunting, almost overwhelming concept it's using oil and gas. When you think about building a, a building our ba- building batteries here like what does that look like is that is that unsurmountable or, or is it very doable in your mind yeah well what e3 is gonna is going to look at uh building is the lithium refiner so we'll produce lithium hydroxide or lithium carbonate at battery quality so they're basically just a salt so there'll be big crystallizers and we'll crystallize out the salt the next level is cathode manufacturer that goes into the cells and then cell manufacturing into the batteries themselves um and they're generally big facilities um, and they're generally in the billions of dollars to build. So it's no small investment. Um, and to, honestly, to do it here in the province would take a massive amount of government support um, to attract, you know, they're competing globally with um, these companies that have the technology. Um, yeah, that are to, already established. To, exactly, to bring that technology locally. And, and Tennessee did a very good job. They got SK Innovation and, and Volkswagen there. Um, you know, it does take it does take government level support to bring that big of a facility here. Um, so for us, I mean, we're, what we're doing is not building batteries. We're just building the the raw material, but we're taking it to the next step, right? We're we're not just producing the the crude oil equivalent. We're producing the the gasoline equivalent. Um, taking but, one step further. Exactly. But we're not going to go all the way to batteries, at least at this point. But because that technology is is you know, takes another level of, of ingenuity and, and innovation. Mm-hmm. Um, but maybe partnering with a company uh, to bring that here would be another opportunity. Well, it's interesting when you when you just think about it just in the short time frame that you've talked about, and you know, you guys have been around for a couple of years. That you know, even the, what you said, twenty fifteen to two thousand. You know, it, it it. I'm assuming it remains very largely unwritten how it's how it's going to unfold. How have you? What's your what's your experience been with? Has the government been supportive? Have you are you getting support from the province on this initiative? And like, and again, not to get into turn this into political conversation, but are they playing the right role now? Are you seeing some interest and some openness to to things like this? It it feels like it would be aligned with me, but um, again, I'm not. I don't want to oversimplify. Um, yeah, I think we definitely are. The you know Jason Kenny tweeted uh, an article that I was featuring in early January. Uh, talking about how this, you know, a, a new innovative thing for Alberta. Um, there's definitely some attraction to this. And I mean, the, the reason is is pretty obvious, right? Like if we can use oil and gas people and skills and technology and equipment, why not, right? Um, so yeah, I think I think there is, you know, Alberta Innovates has provided grant funding uh, to E3 um, for part of our technology development. Um, and I think that the more that we validate ourselves as a as a going concern and we've been around now right. for four years um we've done a lot of work um to grow this ourselves right this is a nascent industry it doesn't exist here in the province if we're successful we'll be the first commercial operation of lifting production and you know that takes a lot of first validation and i think bringing yes. a company like Livent on board who uh you know is our joint development partner philadelphia-based 
um, lithium producer brings a lot of that validation as well as just the time that we've been around and, and as we march towards proof of concept um, which is for us piloting our process locally here in Alberta um, you know that's going to be absolutely critical as well to really demonstrate that this is the technology is viable which means that the um, the, the sort of commercial uh, operations is viable and then you know and it's, it's the same as anything as you get closer um, you, you attract more support and we're definitely starting to see that for sure. Do you have, is there a lot of people kind of peering in over the edge, like looking over, waiting for you to get a little bit closer? I know that's always the kind of the crux of the startup world. Like you know, yeah. I've always heard there's, you know, there's R and D money over here and it gets us to a certain point, but there's that, that, that chasm of going between like, okay, we're kind of ready, but man, we're still not, we're still not revenue generating or actually like true. We've got a proof of concept, but it hasn't happened yet. And I've had a lot of people on the show that, you know, have been very open to say that that's where they find Alberta struggles in helping companies get over that divide, if you will. Yeah. I mean, a hundred percent that is for any startup, that is the biggest struggle because, um, you know, you've got your initial investment, people have bought into the story, you've proven to them that you can do it. And now you're looking for bigger dollars and you're in this middle ground of like, you, you don't have proof of concept, so you can't get the big institution funds in. Um, but you're, you're still too small and you're still not quite there to bring in, um, you know, you're, you're too big for some of the, the private equity. And so you sit in this, you do sit in, end up sitting in this middle, no man's land, unfortunately, but, um, you know, we've done pretty good at, at working our way through that. And we still are working our way through that. Um, because it does take years to get through that. It's not just a, a flip of the switch and you're, you're over that. Um, yeah. And so I think that the, you know, in the province and locally it's, it's been pretty good. Um, I think that overall, um, the technology for us getting it to this pilot is, is that crossing that chasm for us. Okay. That's where okay. we cross and, it. And where, where are you guys at in terms of that timeline? Is that three months out, six months out, a year out? What's your, what are your thoughts on that? Cause this sounds exciting. So now I'm curious, like, well, where are we against the next kind of milestone or, fin or you know, not, there's never a finish line cause you're always going, but what's the next yeah. major milestone for you guys in terms of timing? I think it's in the next 12 months is the hope that we'll be, we'll be running that pilot. Um, and you know, everything that we're really doing right now at the company is geared towards what we call the pilot plant project. So it's not just the machine itself that sits on the okay. ground and does the, the lithium extraction, but it's all of the work that goes into it. Um, which is, uh, you know, the brine development work, how we're going to make lithium salts out of the product that we make. So the whole, the whole sort of three stage process that we have okay. one stage of that being the actual pilot machine itself. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a big, it's a big job. Um, you know, a, a large part of companies when you're at this stage, like SEGD is a really good example. Um, mm -hmm. Government support does go a long way. And, you know, you brought up the, the question about government support. And for us, um, you know, we look at ourselves as that, as that sort of process, right? Where SEGD was supported by a lot of industry innovation, but a lot of government support in that innovation to get in this new engineering process to, to get heavy oil uh, too deep to mine it from oil sands out of the ground and make money out of it and grow Alberta's resource base by doing so. And um, it, it takes, it, you know, it takes a village to raise a child. And I use that analogy because <laughs> yes, I it, like that it really does. Like if, if you want, if, if Alberta wants to uh, have an industry that is, you know, diversified and grow something else and, you know, wants to put people back to work, 
and wants to look at lithium, it does take um, all sorts of different people to support that. And, you know, the funding ecosystem is a good example of, you know, you have different different types of investments from different stages of people who are looking at it from different angles. And as you grow and validate and become more mature as a company and your, your concepts become more mature and more proven out, you grow through those natural stages, but everybody is critical in that ecosystem uh, to grow a company into a, a something that becomes profitable. And then obviously there's benefits to everybody because the investors get returns, the government gets royalties and taxes, the people of Alberta get jobs, they also share in those royalty and taxes and the new industry. And so everyone helps it, everyone gets a return. And that's, I think, the way that, that most industries like this grow. It's interesting when you break it out that way, and it, yeah, it is the the, the the constituent part. It's kind of the rising the rising tides concept. Have you have you had? I'm just you know I think I can keep going with a million questions here. But what's the oil and gas industry? How do they treat you? Have you had conversations with the majors? Are like are they interested? Are they curious? Or do they see you as like no, they, that's not what we do. Like church and state close close the door, or or is there some openness to that? This might be a way for them to get diversified and get involved in different things that are close to their core business already. I think they followed the same sort of theme. You know, um, everyone was very curious early on as to you know what this was and how this might work. And we've we've talked to all the major. I mean, I used to work for Suncor Petro Canada um, back in the day, and and um, you know they everybody like those size of companies um, have you know have, have kicked some tires. I guess you could say is the best way to. Best analogy is, um, but only because you know a lot of them are interested. The shift has been though, you know, again the interest level continues to grow as you, as a company like us, and as the you know the the people involved in this in this company continue to demonstrate that this is a viable business opportunity and has legs to grow. And I think that we are definitely seeing that you use the analogy of peeking over the fence. There's definitely a bit more peeking over the fence lately, and it's interesting because. Um, you know, we were talking about the Zoom culture, the, the video conference culture, and how mm-hmm. it's become a bit more uh, accepted and almost to the point where you're, you're, you're disappointed when someone just calls you now, you want them on video. <laughs> and, and, and that literally changed overnight, it felt like. <laughs> yeah, exactly, right? And so for, you know, it's, it's been interesting since that, that same mindset happened since, you know, this, this crisis. And, you know, I firmly believe that uh, necessity becomes the mother of invention. There's lots of analogies and, and catchphrases you could use to describe the current crisis. It's terrible and people are dying. It's not, it's not a great situation, but humans are innovative and we will overcome. And when we overcome, there will be changes and the whole world's not going to be different when we get out of this. But we are, these, these combined experiences, and a really great one that I love is there's no smog in LA and Beijing today. And you, the only thing that's changed is people aren't driving vehicles. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't, you can now no longer deny that driving vehicles causes smog in Beijing and Lele. Like there's, <laughs> it's irref- irrefutable that that's the case. Whereas before you could probably deny it and say it's other causes and there's other combinations of things that are going on. And now the only thing that's stopped is driving cars. And so I'm not necessarily an advocate specifically for electric vehicle just because I'm in a lifting company. I think, you know, I'm just, a, I'm just a cog in the wheel. I do believe that moving to a diversified energy future um, and a decentralized energy future is the way that the world is going. And because of that, you know, there's a, there's a, a growth industry. And I personally believe that that is the way the world needs to go. Um, but it's not, it's a, it's a long 
40-year-old road. It's not a, we're not turning switches overnight. And I think that, you know, I'm just really happy to be part of, of that growing ecosystem. Really. It's really exciting to me. Like you said, the first you're the first guest I've had on that had that, that had something that they brought to the to the show that was, hey, this is right alongside, and this is very familiar, and these are already our core competencies. And by the way, this is the way the world's headed. Maybe not overnight, like you said, but it absolutely is changing. So, do you want to be part of it or get left behind? And that's that's an interesting. But to me, it gets me very. I'm bullish on. I love Alberta, and I want nothing better than for it to succeed. But optimism alone isn't going to get us there. <laughs> clearly, yeah. Um, Chris, thanks for. Thanks for bringing a new idea to the show. And I'm, again, speaking very much for myself. It's, I got exposed to it just recently, the concept of lithium and the role it could play in Alberta's future. And to hear it in more detail certainly makes me a lot more excited about it. I'm going to go down the rabbit hole a little bit. So if people want to read a little bit more about this or find out more or how to get they involved, what do you recommend? Is there any specific, uh, obviously reaching out to you is one, but is there anything they can go to as some resources to learn more about what this is all about? Yeah, we've got a bunch on our website, um, you know, if you, if you want information about how it would look in Alberta, you know, e3metalscorp.com is our website. Yeah. Um, we'll share that and for sure. Number three. And um, there's, there's lots of resources about where the lithium market is going. Um, I can recommend Benchmark Mineral Intelligence. You can look them up. Um, okay. And maybe you can put a link to them. Um, they follow the market and they're just an independent research firm that looks at who's building what gigafactory and what, how many models of electric vehicle the OEMs are, are planning for 2021 and what that means for total battery consumption that's going to be required and then how that breaks out in each of the individual commodities that are going to be required to put those into production. And so they're a really good source of, of some really solid information. Okay. That one's, I, I love when it's like, well, okay, if this is happening, therefore this, therefore this, and now here's the demand and it, and it's kind of, you can't, you can't ignore it at that point when you see it laid out that way. And that's interesting, the trends where that's going. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, Chris, thanks again for being on the show. I think that was a really, uh, personally, that was a really interesting episode because you brought uh, a, a net new concept that I sit around a lot of dinner tables, not recently, but typically cocktail parties, this is not a conversation I'm hearing happen and it feels like it needs to be. So let's hope that this gets uh, gets a new idea on people's minds. Absolutely. I mean, we're, we're all proud of Burton's and we want to just see this economy grow and, and see, you know, a, a thriving emergence out of, out of our homes, hopefully sooner than later. So I'm Joe. Yeah, I laugh. I'm, I, I feel I'm way too young to say, remember the good old days. I don't think that's acceptable. I think there's still some good. Old, I, I don't think we've used up those good old days just quite yet. I sure hope not. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks a lot, Chris. I appreciate your time. Awesome. Thanks Tyler. You as well. 